Hello everyone. Hey, this is Pastor Terry here, and I want to welcome you to Summit Church Fenton's Midweek Bible Study. And uh, this is September the 2nd, and my goodness, time is just flying by, but we're getting into the fall of the year now, and uh, one of my, my most favorite seasons, uh, you know, the weather starts cooling off, and the leaves start changing, and so just a, a pretty time of the year. But anyway, I'm glad you joined me this evening, and uh, let's get into the Word of God. Tonight, I want to talk to you about uh, one of the most important subjects in all of the Bible, and it's it's the love of God, the love of God. You know, in the uh, in the Greek language, the the New Testament was written in, in Greek, you know, and then of course translated over, you know, for us into English. But uh, in the Greek language, there's three basic words for love. Now, in, in the English language, there's there's one word, you know, love. And uh, of course, well, we do have the word like. And uh, a lot of times when people, you know, use the word like, it's, it, you know, well, we love something or we like something. And so like is kind of less than love. And well, you know what I'm talking about. But in the Greek language, uh, they had three words primarily for love. One word that they used was uh, philia or phileo or however you say it. And uh, that meant brotherly love, brotherly love. And then they had another word. Uh, eros, which is a uh, sensual uh, uh, type of love, passionate or sexual love. And then finally, agape. And, uh, and, and that, that word agape is, is an unconditional love. And actually, that word is, is the love of God, the love of God or the God kind of love. Uh, that's, that's the way God loves us. He loves us with agape. Uh, an unconditional love. So that Greek word agape is what I'm going to be talking to you about tonight. And uh, actually, 1 John 4.16 says that God is love, or God is agape. And so uh, you can see that what we're going to be talking about this evening is a very, very important subject. Now, if you would, go to 1 John 4.18. 1 John 4.18. I'm going to read this in the King James Version. And it shows you, I mean, right, right, off, right off the bat here, right out of the blocks here, how important uh, love is. You know, with everything that's been going on in our country over the last many months, you know, there's a lot of reason for fear and much fear going, going around and, and in the land. And, and let's let's see how important the love of God is as it pertains to fear. Notice in 1 John 4.18, the Bible says, There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. So, I mean, think about that. Think about how important the love of God is. There is no fear in love. And then the Bible says, but perfect love, or the God kind of love, casts out fear. I mean, so important. And, uh, and, and good to know that perfect love, the God kind of love, will cast fear out. It'll, it'll, it'll get fear out of your life. It'll drive fear out of your life. And, and the Bible says fear has torment. And I, we, we all know about that. Fear does have torment. Uh, but but perfect love, the God kind of love, will cast fear out, and there'll be no no more torment in our life. So, 
Love of God, very important. And then the Bible goes on here to say, he that fears is not made perfect in love. So you see, if you've got fear in your life, if you've got fear in your life, the thing you're, you're going to want to do is develop yourself in the love of God. Because if you'll develop yourself in the love of God, the Bible says there is no fear in the love of God, and the love of God will drive fear out of your life. So uh, the love of God, very important subject. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13, the Bible says, And now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Now you think about that. I mean, I mean, think about how important faith is. Faith is, is what receives from God. You know, uh, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And, and, and of course, uh, faith is, is the substance of things hoped for. Okay. So, you know, to receive from God, you, you know, you have to have hope and then, and then faith is built on that hope and so on and so forth. So very important subjects and much has been said and I've taught much on the subject of hope and faith over the years. But you have to remember that of uh, when you start talking about hope and faith, and again, faith is vitally important. You know, you can't get saved without faith. You can't, you know, because by grace we're saved through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And and uh, it takes faith to please God, it takes faith to receive from God. You know, on Sunday mornings, we've been talking about the healing power of God and that people receive the healing power of God uh, through their faith. Faith taps the, the power of God. So faith is very important. And, and of course, hope, you know, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So hope and faith, very important. But the Bible says that the greatest, if you look at faith, you look at hope and you look at love, agape, the God kind of love, the Bible says that, that, that love is greater than faith and hope. So you, you think about that. You think about how important the subject of the love of God is. And actually, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6 says that faith works by love. Faith works by love. So, you know, without love, your faith isn't going to work. You know, I, I, I know over the years I've, I've talked to many, many people and they've come to me and they've said, you know, Pastor Terry, my doesn't seem like my faith is working. And, uh, you know, what, what, what I will always tell those people uh, is the first thing you need to do if your faith isn't working is check to see uh, if you're walking in love. Check up on, on, on your, your love life, if you will. And I'm not talking about, you know, your love life with, you You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your love life. Check and see if you're walking in the love of God. Because a lot of times, you know, people, when their faith isn't working, they start looking at, you know, well, am I confessing everything right? Am I, you know, am I believing right? This, that, and the other. Those things are important, but a lot of times when our faith isn't working, it's because we've gotten out of the love of God somehow or another. And we're not walking in the love of God as we should. So the love of God is very important. And uh, it's greater than faith. It's greater than hope. Uh, the Bible says so. And it's because faith you know, and hope work by love. You've got to have the love of God or your faith, your hope isn't going to work. You know, you understand that. So, and actually, 
you know, we're really, the Bible says that we're really nothing if we don't have the love of God about us. Let's, let me show that to you in 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, let's start in verse 1. The Apostle Paul is writing here, and he says this. Now, now, as we read this, let's think about how important the love of God is. He says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. And he's talking about agape love, you know, the, the unconditional God kind of love. He says, though, though, I, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become like a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, he says, I am nothing. Think about that. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, give everything I have away is what he's saying there, and, and though I give my body to be burned, think about that, and have not love, it profits me nothing. Now you think about that. Think about how important the love of God is. And I think he summed it up right there in those three verses. You know, he, he could speak in the tongues of men and angels and, and, and have all the spiritual gifts working in his life and have faith that can, can move mountains and give everything that he has away and even give his own body to be burned, you know, as a sacrifice. And he said, if I did all of that and have not the love of God, he said, I'm nothing and it profits me nothing. You know, it's interesting, the, the Lord Jesus himself, uh, one, one time when he was, uh, you know, uh, being questioned about tithing, uh, uh, he, he got into that subject uh, and, and, and I'll just, just, uh, sum it up. He said, in my own words, he said, you know, there's weightier matters than tithing. And one of them was, uh, was walking in the love of God. You know, now tithing is important and much I could, I could preach sermons, multiple sermons on that. But, but, you know, uh, you could be a tither and a giver, but if you don't have love in your life, the love of God in your life, the Bible says, Paul said it and, and the Lord Jesus said it, that it, it'll profit you nothing. If you give everything you have away, but if you don't have love in your life, the love of God, it profits you nothing. Uh, and, uh, and, and think about what, what the Lord Jesus told his disciples, which would include you and me as believers on him. He said, uh, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Now you think about that, how important the love of God is. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Now, I've had uh, Christians say to me over the years, they say, well, you know, Pastor Terry, I just don't think I can walk in the, the love of God. I don't even know if I have the love of God, you know, in me. I, I've had people say that to me over the years, Christians. But in Romans 5, verse 5, Romans 5, verse 5, the Bible says that the love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit when we get saved, when we get born again. When, when we repent of our sins and receive Jesus as our Savior, we, we're born of the Spirit of God. And when we get born of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, He deposits the love of God 
in our hearts, on the inside of us. So as believers on the Lord Jesus Christ, all of us have the love of God in us, and we all have the capability of loving the way God loves, loving unconditionally. But you see, the thing of it is, that love has to be developed within us. Uh, you know, I've observed many Christians over the years, and I would include myself in the list, when, when you know, there's times that, you know, it doesn't look like, like we're, we're, a lot of times, sometimes Christians don't act like Christians ought to act. You know, uh, sometimes saved people don't always act saved. And, and, and the reason for that is, is that, that, and I'll include myself in the list, certainly, is that when, when Christians don't act saved, when saved people don't act saved, it's because they haven't developed themselves in the love of God or they're not keeping themselves in the love of God. And Because, see, the, the, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit when we get saved, but we have to keep ourselves in the love of God. We have to walk in the love of God. You know, Jude, uh, there's one chapter there, verse 21, comes right out and tells us that we, uh, uh, Jude, verse 21 says, keep yourselves in the love of God. And so it's something we're going to have to do. Uh, you know, the love of God that's deposited in our hearts when we get born again, that, that love has, we have to grow in that, develop in that, yield to that love, okay? And, uh, and, and, and we must keep ourselves in that love, the love of God. And if we don't, you know, if we don't, let me tell you this, we'll find our hearts growing cold. Uh, you know, I've watched this in myself over the years. I've watched it in multiple Christians over the many years, decades, where, you know, you know, like I said, saved people are not acting saved as they should, seem, seem to be cold, uh, hearted towards things, uh, 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 not compassionate, uh, you know, uh, not soft-hearted, but hard-hearted. Well, when, when you observe that, when you see that in, in Christians, it's because they, they're not keeping themselves in the love of God as they should. And when that happens, then your heart will, will get calloused and cold and hardened and, and, uh, not compassionate and all of that. So you see, we have to keep ourselves in the love of God. If we'll keep ourselves in the love of God, then 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 we as saved people will always act like we're saved, okay? I want to say this again. When saved people don't act like they're saved, it's because they're, they're not walking in the love of God as they should. They're not keeping themselves in the love of God as they should. Uh, now, Okay, so that, that begs this next question. How do we keep ourselves in the love of God? How do we do it? Well, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 5 says, says this, but whoever keeps his word, whoever keeps God's word, and of course you know that his word is the Holy Bible, whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected or we could say developed in him. So how do we keep ourselves in the love of God? By keeping God's word. And of course, to keep his word, we're going to have to know what it says. So we're going to have to be 
students of the Word of God. We're going to have to read the Word of God. We're going to have to study the Word of God, but we're also going to have to do the Word of God and, and act it out in our lives. Again, how do we keep ourselves in the love of God? 1 John 2, 5, but whoever keeps God's Word, truly the love of God is perfected or developed in him. So we must know the Word of God and uh, we must keep it. Okay, And when we do that, then the love of God will be developed in our lives. Now, uh, as I just said, it's not just a matter of of knowing the Word of God, but we're also going to have to do the Word of God. We're going to have to keep the Word of God. Uh, You know, keeping ourselves in the love of God uh, requires action. You know, I've learned this about love over the many years, Uh, you know, there, there's a verbal side to it, uh, telling people that you love them, and that's very important, you know, that we tell people that we love them. But there's also an action side to it. And, uh, you know, it's real easy to tell somebody that you love them, but we also need to show them that we love them through our actions. And you know as well as I do, now words are important, but you know as well as I do, actions speak louder than words. Okay, and the Bible is clear on that. And I believe we're going to read a verse here in a moment that we're supposed to love not only with our words but also with our with our actions. Okay, so keeping ourselves in the love of God requires knowing the Word of God and then acting on it. Now let's look at First John three sixteen, which will bear this out. What I just said about acting. First John, not not the Gospel of John, but First John. 3.16 says this, By this we know love, because Jesus laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Now you think about that. I mean, you know, John 3.16, most, most Christians know that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. First John 3.16 uh, is all about Jesus laying down his life for us. But First John 3.16 is all about us laying down our lives for our brothers and sisters in Christ. I, I kind of think that's cool. John 3.16 Jesus laid down his life for us. He demonstrated his love for us by dying on the cross for us. So 1 John 3.16, we get to demonstrate uh, our love for our brothers and sisters in Christ and for everybody you know that we come in contact with by laying down our lives for them. Okay, so I'll read 1 John 3.16 again. By this we know love because he, Jesus, laid down his life for us And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And you can see the action there. And then verse 17, But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? See, I mean, if you've got the means to help somebody and, 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 you know, and they need help, a brother and sister in Christ or whoever it may be, you got the means to help somebody and they truly legitimately need help. And, and, and you got the means to help them and you, you know, you refuse to help them and, you know, you, you can tell them you love them, but if you don't show them by helping them, then what good is it? That's what the Bible is saying here. 
And then he says in verse 18, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue. Yeah, the uh, implication there is only in word or in tongue. So let me, let me read it that way. My little children, let us not love only in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So you see, we need to, to, to uh, how do we develop ourselves in the love of God? How do we keep ourselves in the love of God? By studying the word of God and then acting on it. And, uh, and when we see people in need, they're legitimately now in need and we can help them, you know, it, 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 we need to do it. And as we do that, we'll develop ourselves in the love of God. Okay. Uh, and look, I, I like this verse or these two verses here. Well, I like all the verses, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I like these two verses here. Let's look at first John chapter four, just, uh, one chapter over first John four verses 20 and 21. If someone, now listen to this. If someone says, I love God, you know, it's real easy to say that. I love God. If someone says, I love God, you know, uh, before I read on, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And you know, whenever I tell the Lord that I love him and I tell, tell him that every day, Lord, I love you. And then I, but, but this verse always comes to me, what Jesus said. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So, you know, again, talk, you know, somebody said talk's cheap. Well, you know, look, our words are important, okay? But, but what I'm getting at here is just words only with no corresponding action is just, is, is, is just dead. The Bible says, you know, the Bible says faith without corresponding action is dead. Well, words without corresponding action, you know, I mean, you know, a, a husband can tell his wife, you know, a thousand times a day that he loves her, but if he's treating her like dirt, what, what good are those words? You know, <laughs> you'd be better off to treat her like gold and never tell her you love her. That'd mean more to her than, than telling her you love her and treating her like dirt. But I tell you what, the Bible says we, we need to do both. You know, tell your wife you love her and, uh, and then show her, you know, and, uh, let's don't ever let our talk be cheap. Okay. But, uh, when I tell the Lord I love him, I think about, you know, uh, am I keeping his commandments? You know, not, am I not only telling him that, but am I showing him that I love him by keeping his commandments? Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, again, it's real easy to, to say you love somebody, but it's another thing to, Show them that through your actions. So here in 1 John 4.20, if someone says, I love God, and, and I just, this is so powerful. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Well, that's a powerful verse, isn't it? Powerful verse. I'm going to read that again. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Very powerful. And then verse 21 says, and this commandment we have from him that he who loves God must, must love his brother also. He who loves God must love his brother also. 
you know, I've seen a lot of people over the years and, and I've seen some, I'm talking Christians now, they truly were saved, but I, I've seen them, you know, tell God that they love him and just, oh, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Go into a worship ser- service and sing, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And sing to the Lord and, you know, but then turn right around and go out of that worship service and treat their brothers and sisters like dirt. You know, talk bad about them, run them down, gossip on them. You know, uh, you know, a, 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 a Christian that does that, what can we say about them? Well, they're saved because they, they, they are born again. I, they believed on the Lord Jesus, but they're not acting saved. Why not? Because they're not keeping themselves in the love of God. They've not developed themselves in the love of God. So they're, they're telling God they love him, but they're not, they're not, you know, they're not uh, keeping his commandment by loving their brothers and sisters. You know, uh, this is the commandment we have from him. He who loves God must, must, not an option here, must love his brother, brothers and sisters also. Uh, so, you know, again, it's, it's, it, I just, it's a powerful, uh, uh, verse. And like I said, I want to reiterate it. I've seen Christians go into worship services and sing to the Lord that they love him. And then they'll go, you know, they'll go out and, and, and just, just, just treat their brothers and sisters like dirt. Like I said, gossip on them, bad, bad mouth them, whatever it may be. You know, the love of God hasn't been perfected in that Christian. That's why you got a saved person not acting saved. Boy, this, this loves, the subject of love is so vital. It's so important. And you can see a person like that, you know, uh, you know, you have to, they say they love God, but they're not keeping his commandments. I mean, this is a very sobering message. Do they really love God or do they just think that they love him? It's very sobering here. And, and, and you can see if you don't keep yourself in the love of God, your, your faith isn't going to work. You know, you can't talk bad about people and run people down and all of that and then expect your faith to work. Why? Because you're not work, walking in love, see? Okay, so very, very powerful subject here. Let's read another verse. Let's go here. Oh, let's go to, let's, I was going to say, I like the, I, I like all these verses. How can you not like the, the Bible? I like all the verses, okay? So uh, I don't want you to think that when I say, oh, I really like this verse and I like this verse better than the others. I, I like them all. But, uh, you know, as well as I do, some verses just jump out to you more than others. Uh, Ephesians 5, let's turn there. Here the Bible says in verse 1, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Well, I mean, right there it is. Imitators of God. God is love. So be imitators of love. Be imitators of God as dear children. So God is love and we're supposed to imitate him and everything he does is love, okay? Did you know that even when God, you know, there's a judgment side to God, but even when he's uh, uh, executing judgment, you can see his love in the midst of that? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and much I could say about that, but let's let's go on here. Look at verse two. And walk in love. Here the Bible comes right out and tells you, walk in love. And see, there's 
there, there's an action to that, walking in love. It's, it's, it's knowing the word of God and acting on it. Walk in love. It's something we have to do. Okay, the Bible says, walk in love as Christ also loved us and, gave, and, and given himself for us. Excuse me, an offering and a sacrifice to God, a sweet smelling aroma. And, you know, walking in love, a lot of times there's self-sacrifice in that on our behalf, you know. And, and I've learned this, you know, there, there's sometimes I just, I don't know if you're like me, but there's sometimes I just, I just, I just don't, uh, you know, when somebody cuts me off in traffic, that's a, that's a good example. I don't necessarily feel, feel like, uh, you know, like blowing that person a kiss, you know? I don't know if you've ever been cut off in traffic or somebody's done something on the road to you that they shouldn't have done. You've heard about road rage, but, you know, when somebody's done me wrong on the road, you know, uh, uh, I don't feel like blowing that person a kiss. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I just don't feel like doing that. Notice I don't feel like it, but you know what you do? You, uh, you blow them a kiss anyway. Well, you better not do that because <laughs> you could get shot. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say here is that you don't may, you know, you may not always feel like walking in love, but you do it anyway. You know, and I've learned this on the road. When somebody cuts me off, they're not doing it to me. They don't even know who I am, okay? So, so you know, I'm not going to blow them a kiss, but I'm not going to blow my horn at them either unless I have to do it to, you know, get their attention and to, to, to protect everybody. But the point I'm trying to make is, is when somebody does you bad, whether, whether it's on the road or wherever it is, and you don't feel like walking in love, see, that's where faith comes in. And you just you just walk in love anyway. You just do it anyway. You sometimes you have to walk in love by faith. Just love them anyway. It's hard on the flesh. Hard on the flesh. Flesh flesh doesn't. Your flesh doesn't want to walk in the love of God. Your old man doesn't want to walk in the love of God. But you know we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. So whenever somebody does you wrong, whatever it is, whether it's on the road or wherever it is, we just on purpose by faith. We just we just. Move in love towards that person, and, uh, and and it'll be pleasing to God. And by this, all people will know that we're children of God. And, and disciples, well, I should say disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, by this, all will know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. So what I'm trying to say is, is that we don't always feel like walking in love, but you do it anyway, okay? And, and there's great benefit in it. Uh, and it's a sacrifice is what I was, that's how I got off on that. It's a sacrifice. It's, it's a sacrifice. Uh, but, but it's a sacrifice well worth making, walking in love, uh, even, even to the most despicable of people. Uh, I like, uh, on a Christmas Carol by, by Dickens, you know, and, uh, remember Scrooge, that old miser and, and his, uh, his nephew, would invite him over, uh, at least in one of the movie versions that I saw of it, his nephew would invite him over every Christmas, uh, uh, you know, for lunch. And people would ask the nephew, why are you inviting that old miser Scrooge over? You do it every year. And he said this, he said, if I can, if I can be good and kind and walk in love towards my uncle Scrooge, 
then, then I can walk in love towards anybody. So, you know, it'd be a good exercise for us all. Just find the most despicable person <laughs> that you know and just on purpose, you know, do something nice for him. I, you know what I mean? And, uh, and that's how the love of God operates. I remember there was one, uh, one well-known, uh, uh, a minister of the gospel, well-known throughout the world. And there was this other, uh, minister who had a radio show and, uh, and he would go on that radio show and he would just tear this, this, this other minister down. I mean, he would just tear him up one side and down the other. And, uh, and then all of a sudden something happened and this radio minister that was, was, was tearing down this other minister, this radio guy, this critical guy, he got in a tax problem with the IRS and he owed a substantial amount of money. And you know what that other, that other minister did? The one that was, that this radio minister was tearing down. You know what that other minister did? He paid that guy's taxes for him. Now you think about that. You think about that. You think about that. I think that kind of sums up what I'm, what I'm trying to say here. It, it, walk in love. Walk in love. Walk in love. Uh, that, that was powerful when I heard that to me, when I heard that testimony many, many years ago, that that minister had paid off that, that critical minister's taxes. And, uh, that, that, and the guy that paid the taxes, he didn't make a, he didn't sound a, a sound a trumpet before him and, you know, tell everybody what he did. He just did it secretly, privately. And I, the only reason I found out about it is, you know, a minister friend of mine had told me that that had happened. And, a minister friend that I have, have great confidence in that that, that that happened. So, but but think about that. You know, somebody that was tearing this guy down, and uh, see that minister that paid the taxes. Uh, he was developed in the love of God. That's how God does us when we're when when we're when we don't treat him as we should. We don't walk toward him as we should. You know, he loves us anyway. You know, that's something, isn't it? That's, I mean, sometimes we treat God not like we should. And his response to us is always in love. You know, uh, but it's a sacrifice to walk in love. Here in verse 25, Ephesians 5, 25, says, Husbands, Love your wives, and that word love is agape. Love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. And certainly that applies to husbands, but I think we can make a general application to everyone. We ought to, we ought, we ought to love everyone, uh, just as Christ loved the church. Now, um, go to Luke, the 10th chapter, and, uh, you know, here we have the parable of the Good Samaritan. Luke ten twenty five says, A certain lawyer stood up and tested Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? I just want to read this parable to you of this uh, Good Samaritan because it illustrates the love of God. Um, it illustrates somebody who is developed in the love of God. So a lawyer stands up testing Jesus and said, What shall I do? to inherit eternal life. And he said to him, what's written in the law? 
What's your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And your neighbor as yourself. See? Now, we have to love ourselves. Not, no, not in a conceited way, but we need, the Bible said, we, we, need to, we need to love ourselves. I think we need to see ourselves the way God sees us and he loves us. We should, we should love ourselves. How can you love others if you don't love yourself? But not, it's not in a conceited way. You understand that. But anyway, love your neighbor as yourself. Boy, I tell you what, if everybody would do that, wouldn't this world be a better, <laughs> it'd be about as close to heaven as you could get without being in heaven is if everybody loved their neighbor as herself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and so on and so forth, your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, uh, Jesus said to him, you've answered rightly, do, do this and you will live. But he wanted, this guy wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered and said, now listen to this. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, at that place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. Well, neither of these, both of these ministers, by the way, they, they, they just went by on the other side, didn't lift a finger to do anything. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on this guy who was left by the side of the road there. He had compassion. He had love, see? Verse 34, so he went to him and bandaged his wounds. You see action here. Not just saying that he loved him, but not just saying he had compassion, but he went, bandaged his wounds, poured in oil and wine, set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, took care of him. And the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, took out some money, gave it to the innkeeper. See, there's self-sacrifice all over this and action. He said, take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three, Jesus said, you know, which of these three do you think was his neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, the one who showed mercy on him, this lawyer answered, the one who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. So we're supposed to do like this Samaritan. Be, we're supposed to be good Samaritans, okay? And, uh, and we see people hurting. We need to do, do everything within our power to help folk. Now, hey, uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. As I begin to close this, I want to close up with, uh, with 1 Corinthians 13. I want to read a few verses here in the Amplified uh, Classic Bible Version. And uh, I just want to close up with how the love of God acts, how it acts. How can we know if we're really walking in the love of God? So let, and this is, this is a very popular passage of scripture, but uh, it's good to go over this from time to time. It wouldn't hurt all of us to go over this every day. Uh, so powerful. It, it, it shows us how the love of God operates and how we should operate in that love. Now look at look at 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4, amplified classic version here. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Patient and kind. Endures long, patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. 
is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. Love is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. Love is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Wow. Think about that. So you see, if you're insisting on everything's got to be, you know, your way or the highway, well, that tells you you're not walking in the love of God. So love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Let me, let me do better. I had to whistle on that one. You think about that. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness. But we're talking about the love of God. It rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Love is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails. It never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. That says it all right there. That's the love of God. That's the love of God. That's how the love of God operates. And that's that's how we're supposed to operate. The love of God that is in our hearts when we get born again, we're supposed to develop in that. And 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 when we're fully developed in the love of God, that what I just read from 1 Corinthians 13, that's how we will act. Oh my, what a wonderful place. The, the world would be if everybody uh, everybody operated like that. You know, in heaven, everybody does operate like that. And so, uh, boy, heaven's going to be a great place. But, uh, you know, Jesus said he wanted the will of the Father, not only done in heaven, but on earth. So I tell you what, let's do our part to be sure the will of God is done on earth as it is in heaven. And let's do our part. Let's walk in love. Even if nobody else walks in love, let's you and I walk in love. What do you say? Okay, and uh, so I want to close with this. Uh, you, you know, John, he was one of Jesus's apostles and he's known as the apostle of love. But you need to listen to this. I think it'll, it'll be uh, helpful to you as I close. Uh, you know, <clears throat> you know, he didn't start out as the apostle of love. He was known, him and him and his brother, James, they were known, Jesus called them the sons of thunder. And uh, there was a time when John and his brother wanted to call down fire on, on some people. And, uh, they were, um, there was one time that, that there was, there was a person that wasn't following right along with the Lord Jesus, you know, like the disciples were. And, 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 and John was a part of saying, well, let's, let's, you know, cut him off, have nothing to do with him. And of course, Jesus, you know, uh, straightened him out on that. But what I, I said all that to say this, John didn't start out as the apostle of love. 
Now, he came to be known as the apostle of love, but he didn't start out as the apostle of love. Uh, you know, what turned him into the apostle of love? It's very simple. At the, at the Last Supper, what's known as the Last Supper, one of the disciples was, was leaning on Jesus's chest. Do you know who that disciple was? Well, it was John. And so John stayed so close to Jesus that he could hear his heartbeat. And I tell you what, when you hear the heartbeat of Jesus, it will turn you from a son of thunder into a, let's call the fire down on him kind of a person. You know, let's, uh, let, let's, you know, cut everybody out of our little circle except, you know, the, the folks that we have with us, you know, that, uh, you know, it'll, it'll take a person like that, call the fire down and, you know, we're just going to have our little group here and nobody else can, you know, can enter in. That kind of thing. It can change a person from that here in the heartbeat of Jesus can change a person like that, like John was, over into the apostle of love. So let's stay as close to Jesus as we can. How do we do that? Stay in his word. Jesus is the word made flesh, you know? And so let's stay in the Bible. Just what I've taught here today. Let's, 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 let's act out the Bible in our lives. Let the love of God that's in our hearts, let's develop in that. And, uh, and, and just like John stayed so close to Jesus, he could hear his heartbeat changed him into an apostle of love, it can do the same thing for us. And it's said of John as he got older and when he was up in years and he was frail and, and, uh, and, and it said, it, tradition tells us that, as I've studied it, that, that near the end of his life, he, he had become so frail that when he'd go into the church to teach, he would have to have his assistants help him to get into the pulpit. And when he was in the pulpit, he would say this, a very short sermon, <laughs> very short sermon. He would say, little children, love one another. And uh, uh, I heard somebody teach on this one time. And if I, if I remember right, I think this was all he said. I, I, I mean, he may have said some more things, but this was, his, this was his message. And I think this was about, as he got older, this is about all he could say. But this is what he said, little children, love one another. You know, a short sermon, but perhaps one of the most powerful sermons you could preach. And you'd keep everybody's attention if, if that's all the sermon was. Little children, love one, let us love one another. And you know, it's said that after that he came out of the pulpit and his assistants got him, you know, out of the pulpit and took him back to, you know, I guess wherever the office was, his inner circle, his assistants asked him and they would say, why is that all you said in your sermon? Why is that the only thing you said? And he said this. He said, if, if you do that, if you love one another, if you do that, it is enough. And you know what? It really is. So as I uh, close the message, I just want to say to every everyone out there, who's a believer. Now, if you're not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, repent of your sins and receive him. And let the love of God be shed in your hearts. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So call on the name of Jesus and get saved. The love of God will be deposited in your hearts and develop in that love. But, but everyone that's a child of God out there, I want to leave you with this. I want to say, little children, love one another. And if you do that, 
it'll be enough. Okay, God bless you. Thanks for uh, tuning in this uh, this evening. I, I, I trust you were blessed by this message. Don't forget, Pastor Diane will be with you on, when, on Friday. And I'll see you at Summit Church Sunday at 10 o'clock. And we'll con- continue with Jesus' healing crusades. Okay? Hey, I love you. I love you in the Lord. God bless you. And bye-bye.